0: All right y'all, what is going on? This is your man El Jamon coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place we can say what you want as long as you got them facts today. I have quite a bit to talk about. It's going to be my part two, of my weekend wrap up. I'll be going over all the news in the NFL. Uh, well, just one big news story in the NFL, of course. I'll be going over the NFL scores from Week Eleven. Uh, we'll also be going over some MLB awards. Uh, we're going to be talking about the MVP, uh, the Cy Young Award for the best pitcher, and also Rookie of the Year, and also Manager of the Year. And then we'll be finishing everything up with some NBA action. Uh, no real news, but we're going. We'll be going over the scores from last night. Some NBA action there and then we will be going over the standings in the Eastern and the western conference so let oh and then also i got a review for you guys i'll be doing that doctor sleep review uh later on so let's get right into it of course uh we're gonna start off everything with uh my, well with everything with the NFL uh, of course Colin Kaepernick had his workout this weekend, he would he would end up hosting his own private workout yesterday in Atlanta uh, he would also change locations uh, to allow media access and I'll get to all about how I feel in just a second because I'm going to start this week with a very unpopular opinion and I'm ready for it, the NFL planned to have the private workout at the Atlanta, uh, Atlanta Falcons uh, training facility and if I'm not mistaken uh, refs from 17 ended up showing up to his private workout uh, there's a couple uh, excerpts i wanted to take away uh, one uh, one piece was from Adam Schefter uh, saying that his arm was pretty good uh, like it was in college so on and so forth so one uh, positive uh, one positive On his workout. Here's the other thing. This is an actual NFL statement. Uh, Today's session was designed to give Colin, uh, Colin, what he has consistently said he wants—an opportunity to show his football readiness and desire to reform, uh, his desire to return to the NFL. And that's an actual quote coming from the NFL because the NFL is claiming that Colin uh, was a no-show for that event. Now there's uh, now there's reasons as to why, of course, you'll have people saying, telling us that uh, there was a really weird um, waiver that that uh, Colin Kaepernick wanted to sign. Uh, they wanted there to be no media, that being the NFL. Um, and of course, people you know have the issue of it being on a Saturday. Um, I think, uh, for one, I you know whether or not I feel well. First and foremost, this is how I feel about the entire situation. I feel that Colin sued this sued this company, uh, this NFL or this corporation, uh, sometime last year because he felt as though that they colluded against him. If somebody colludes against you, somebody made it uh, a fact that they did not want you to play. Why would you still want to play for these guys? Why would you still want to, uh, you know? Suit up for these guys. It doesn't make any sense. Same thing with Eric Reed. You know, they, they both felt like they were just so disrespected by the league, and so this league is so racist. Well, why continuously play for them? Uh, this what this is what leads me to you know so is going to lead me to how I feel about this situation, and I've been feeling the same about the situation. Uh, honestly, ever since day one, and uh, the more that I've seen ha- things happen or not happen, the more I'm going to stay within this this mind frame. Um I I don't know how how I mean because I've already broken it down so many different times, but let's make it about Saturday. Let's try to make it as much about Saturday as I can. Again, I don't even understand why he, he, Colin wants to play for this league. This league kept him silent about his issues. They they kept him from the league according to him. You know, um because of his views. Why would you want to play for a team? Why would you want to play for a league that's going to keep you in the box like that? Um, these are the things that I that I did get, and this is what I'm going to say. Just as much as the NFL wants to control its narrative and want no media to be there, want to be simply probably football, throwing the piss game around and just trying to see him for who his arm was, trying to speak to him face to face. Uh, and they they want to control their narrative. I think Colin wanted to control. He wanted to control his narrative too. Uh, I I think that just as much as he was, you know, um, talking about. Cause I, I listened to a little bit of his statement. I got into a little bit of it. But, but uh, honest with you, I'm I'm gonna get into what I truly feel. So bear bear with me. I'm listening to the statement, and I get it. He said he wanted to do this for three years. But then I think about it. Well, you wanted to play for three years, and I had to think about why did you allow your girlfriend to post what she posted about uh, the Ravens owner and Ray Lewis? If you really wanted to play, why would you do that? Why would you? Again, uh, there's so many questions that I have. If you really wanted to play, why did you turn down the contract from the the, the 49ers? Why did you turn turn down the contract from the Broncos? So you wanted to play for three years. Okay. All right. But why? Why play for a league that you went to back for? You went and sued and tried to tell tell the world that they colluded against you. And this is funny because if we're all about justice, let's bring the justice out. Let's make the justice happen. And this is what I'm gonna keep pointing out. And I'm going to and 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 this is this is I'm gonna keep pointing this out. And I don't care how people feel. If he was about justice, then why, 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 why settle outside of court to shut up about the collusion when you could have proven to the world that the league actually colluded against you? For what, for what it's worth, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what to believe now. Colin had an opportunity to show the world this is what the league did against me. This is how they kept me quiet. This is how they kept my movement silent. He didn't do that. He decided to to take whatever, this is what black people would tell you too, was owed to him. Whatever contract, whatever. I don't care. Whatever piece of contract he didn't get paid. Whatever. He was owed the money. But on top of taking that money, you do know you can no longer talk about what you claim happened to you. So with the money, then everybody says, well, that proves that there was collusion because he took them. No. What would have proved a collusion would have been a statement, would have been a detailed process either by your lawyer or by yourself that would have described exactly what they did to you. Let the world know. As far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, sure, after after you allowed your girlfriend to disrespect a team owner, I could see a team, some teams being wary. Does that mean they colluded? I don't know. That's very hard to prove. But had you really fought that case, Colin, we would have known that. You decide to take the settlement and go home with it. And now you can no longer talk about whatever you claim happened to you. You leave that to the the Facebook people and the Facebook arguers and the people that want to be woke for social media. You save that for them. Oh, the league must be racist because they, no, no, no. They put out a, they put, no, this is how settlement works. This is how settlement works. The, The NFL did not just, the NFL just put out a price on a check. And Colin took that price on the check. That's how a settlement works. It's not, oh, well, you know, because if he Colin really truly wanted to fight, if he truly had something to prove, he wouldn't have took, taken that check. That's what a fighter does. A fighter will fight you to the end. A, a check collector, oh, oh, a settlement? Oh, yeah, I'll take the settlement. Yeah, you guys owe me. No. He's not a fighter, because a fighter would have been fighting. It would have still been a collusion case, possibly. And you would have known all type of details about what the NFL did, had they truly did what he's claiming them to have done to him. I don't even know what to believe. Y'all can sit there and say what you want. There was contracts by the 49ers. There were contracts by the Broncos. There was a contract written up by the Broncos for him. This is all even within his, that was in the beginning of his little knee taking stage so he had an opportunity to play he did he didn't want to and just like saturday he wanted to take just like this just like on side i saw it again see this is the thing he did he wanted media there because he can go back on that soapbox and go talking to media heads again And since media is already leaning to the left he can just go sit there and get those little yeah you're fighting the power you're fight. fighting the power does not include making commercials for nike fighting the power is actually looking to find a solution to the issue now you can say what you will and yes he donated this money and all listen and he's and and, and this is the this is the argument that really gets on my nerves that really irks me when we talk about the situation well he's he's he started the conversation he started he started the the conversation that nobody's been willing to have shut up if you're a black man in this country, you've been you've been briefed on some protocol on how to conduct yourself by around police, by somebody around you that gives a damn about you. So don't so don't hit me. To this is a new conversation. This is a conversation we never had. We've been talking about police police brutality in our community for decades. Don't tell me it becomes a big issue when Colin Kaepernick suddenly is now a big issue now because Colin Kaepernick is is doing something or saying something about it. You can donate all the money you want to in the world. You could have all the organizations. But guess what? Do you know what's really going to stop that? Legislation. You need to have legislation that prevents police brutality or makes it a felony for people. That's what you need to do. Period. Point blank. It ain't going to be no, it ain't going to be no, oh my God, they just going to stop doing it one day. No. Just like with the Voting Rights Act, just like with civil rights, these are legislations, just like with slavery, just like what freed you. It needed to be passed through legislation, so it ain't going to be no, oh, I'm going to take a knee during a football game. That is not going to do anything. And it wasn't meant to do anything. It was meant to distract you. It was meant to get the Black Wolf to be all involved and take sympathy for him. Because he was, he, let's be honest, he was not that great of a football player. You can keep, we can keep saying that and denying and keep arguing that. You don't get beat by Blaine Gabbert for your starting spot on your squad. And this was way before he even started taking the knee. He was losing his job at the start. He was losing his, he was losing his job or was, or was losing his starting spot at least. Stop it. He been had issues as a quarterback, but what he decided was he could use the black struggle, which he was never a part of until he just decided to, when he decided to to go pro and real, oh man, he got, he got four or five years within his pro career and started to see this, this, this white quarter. And let's be real here. No, Blaine Gabbert should not have taken Colin Kaepernick's starting spot ever in a day. Colin Kaepernick is a better athlete and, and 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 to some extent a better quarterback than a lot of other players. Yes, that is true, but you got to work on it. And let's be real here. If any, if anybody has been a 49er fan or if anybody was doing their research, you would find out that Colin Kaepernick was not one of those type of guys. He's not a hard worker in terms of football. He wasn't. And so it came back to home. And instead of just being, instead of just saying, "Look, let me just step my football game up," I'm gonna make it racial. I don't buy that, dude. We were dying. We were during George Zimmerman's trial, in which, of course, we already know he got he got off scot free pretty much. During that trial, Colin Kaepernick was posing butt, booty, ass, naked for ESPN in the body issue that's where his mind was at this this happened almost overnight i don't buy mother i don't buy people that do that you can sit there and try to tell me the argument all you want to if you wanted to prove the injustice you would have kept fighting the collusion case you didn't even want to fight for that you as soon as you got an opportunity to settle you did you ain't fighting for nobody he ain't fighting for nobody he ain't fighting for who what 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 legislation has been passed? What has what's what what congressman has he talked to? What what black politician or policymakers has he talked to to come up with something to go to federal hill to go to Capitol Hill? Nothing. He's been talking and, and having his old face and just like just like on Saturday he just wanted to have some old cameras in front of his face just so he can get on that soapbox again and start talking all that other crap. That's all he wanted to, that's the only reason why he wanted cameras there, just so he could be in front of him and have a, he just wants the attention of being a football player. He knows, he knows, not to, he knows it's very unlikely uh, that many teams are going to be really willing to sign him. So he wants to create a, he wants to create more of a, more of a faux pas, more of a, more of a news cycle because of it. That's all it's about. All they're going to do is say, oh, and that's all it does. See the NFL gave him an opportunity to work out Saturday, albeit no cameras. Just just throw the football around. He didn't even want to do. He needed to have cameras there. He needed to be able to to to, to project to, to project his his fake political views. I'm beyond, they're fake. They're fake. And I'm tired of I'm tired of it, whether it's black, whether it's Kanye, whether it's whether it's Kaepernick. No. They've been benefiting from white corporations. They're not about us. That's who signs their. That's who signs the checks. That's who's in their pockets. I, I think whatever movement they're trying to push, whether whether it be Kanye or Kaepernick, it's been it's been whitewashed and been bought and paid for. I'm not with all that. I'm sorry. You can sit there and say what you want. There's an issue. There's an issue here when no laws have been to. What did I t- I told you this a year or so ago. If he plays back in the league, if he comes back in the league and no law has been changed, then really, what did we accomplish? Nothing. We've accomplished nothing. No laws have been changed, and they're still shooting black men in the street. And I'm supposed to believe that this guy who keeps collecting these million-dollar, multi-million-dollar checks is supposed to be doing something about that? No, I don't. We're going to have to do something about that, not Colin, because he hasn't been doing nothing about it. He's been collecting checks about it he's been making little great statements all on tv and for the internet that's all great and dandy but that's not going to change the legislation enough of that all right y'all Let's get into some NFL action. Let's get into some actual NFL scores. First and foremost, uh, we got the Jets beating the Redskins, thirty-four to seventeen. Up next, we have an AFC South matchup between the Colts and the Jets. The Colts win this one to thirteen. Uh, we have the Bills beating the. Th- I'm sorry, yes, the Bills beating the Dolphins, thirty-seven to twenty. The the Dallas Cowboys get another victory against the Lions, thirty-five to twenty-seven. In the big time matchup, the uh, the big the early big time matchup, we have the Ravens blowing out the Texans, forty. 40- one to seven. Uh, the the Ravens go up to eight and two on the year. The Texans are now six and four. For the Texans, they were led by a quarterback Deshaun Watson. He would go eighteen to twenty nine for one hundred and sixty nine yards. He would throw an interception uh, and no touchdowns uh, on the ground. The Texans were led by Carlos Hyde. Uh, he would have sixty five yards and a touchdown. And DeAndre Hopkins was the leading receiver for Houston, getting seven catches and uh, having eighty yards to go with that. On defense, Houston was led by uh, linebacker. Excuse me. Zach Cunningham, who had t- uh, 10 total tackles, and also linebacker Brendan Scarlett. He had seven total tackles and a sack. Uh, for the Ravens, offense, offensive course that were led by uh, Lamar Jackson, he would go 17-24 for 224 yards. He would have four touchdowns. He would also have 86 yards on the ground. Uh, Gus Edwards would be the leading rusher uh, from both teams with 112 yards on the ground. He would also get a touchdown. Uh, as well. Uh, through the air, Mark Andrews, the tight end, would have four catches for 75 yards. He'd also bring in a touchdown. Uh, running back Mark Ingram would have two receiving touchdowns, and wide receiver Seth Rollins, uh, Seth Roberts, excuse me, were bring in a uh, touchdown catch as well. On defense, Baltimore was led by uh, linebacker Matthew Judon, who had seven total tackles and two sacks, and linebacker Tyler Bowser, who had two sacks. Next up, we have another NFC South upset, Upset um, uh, brought to you by uh, the Atlanta Falcons. This time they beat the, uh, the Panthers 29 to three. On the year, the Falcons are now three and seven, and the Panthers are uh, are at five and at five hundred at five and five. Uh, for the Falcons, of course, uh, Matt Ryan had a decent game for them. He went 21 of 31 for 311 yards. He would also throw a touchdown pass as well. On the ground, they were led by running back Brian Hill, who would have 30 rushing yards, and wide receiver Quadre Olison would have a rushing touchdown. Uh, Cal. Ridley, the wide receiver, would have eight total catches for 148 yards. Actually, 100. Yes, 143 yards. Excuse me, and a touchdown. And uh, Julio Jones would have six catches for 91 yards. On defense, uh, the Falcons were led by defensive back Desmond Trufant. He would have seven total tackles and an in interception. And linebacker Devon J. Candrell, who would have Campbell. Excuse me, who would have seven? T- uh, sorry, 11 total tackles and an in in interception. And uh, safeties Ricardo Allen and Demonte Kazee will get some interceptions as well. And as a team. Uh, Atlanta will force five sacks. Uh, let's move on to the Panthers. On offense, they were led by quarterback Kyle Allen, who went 31 of 50 for 325 yards. He would throw for four interceptions, though. Uh, Christian McCaffrey would have 70 yards on the ground and also 11 catches for 121 yards. And wide receiver DJ Moore would have eight catches for 95 yards. On defense, um, the Panthers were led by safety Trey Boston, who had eight total tackles, and also safety Eric Reed, who had eight total tackles. As well, uh, we also got we got we got another a, uh, NFC South matchup. Uh, this time the Saints were able to get a win against the Buccaneers, 34 to 17. Up next we have a inter, some interleague play uh, between the Vikings and the Broncos. The Vikings get a win in this one, 27 to 23. Up next we have the Cardinals getting sorry the Niners getting it done uh, against the Cardinals in the NFC NFC West, 36 to 26 was the final score there. And uh, up next, we have the Patriots getting a win against the Eagles, 17 to 10 the the. Patriots are now nine and one. The Eagles are at five and five hundred at five and five. Uh, on, on offense, the Patriots were led by Tom Brady. He would go twenty-six of forty-seven for two hundred and sixteen yards on the ground. Sony Michelle would lead the way with thirty-three rushing yards. The leading receiver was Julian Edelman, who had five catches and fifty-three yards. And Philip Dorsett uh, would catch a touchdown pass. So uh, Tom Brady actually threw a touchdown pass as well. Uh, on defense, safety Tra- uh, Terence Brooke led the way with seven. Total tackles and defensive tackle uh, Danny Shelton would have seven total tackles and a sack, and linebacker Kyle Van would have five total tackles and a sack. For the Eagles offensively, they were led by Carson Wentz, who had twenty of forty for two hundred and fourteen yards. he would end up throwing a touchdown pass as well. Running back Miles Sanders would have thirty-eight rushing yards. Tight end Zach Ertz would have would have nine catches and ninety-four yards. And tight end Dallas Goddard would catch it, would be would be the recipient. Of uh, Carson Wentz's uh, one touchdown pass. Uh, on defense, the Eagles were led by Nathan Gary at the linebacker spot, who had uh, 10 total tackles in the sack, and uh, cornerback Michael Jenkins, who had seven total tackles. Uh, rounding out the rest of the league, we got the Raiders getting it done against the Bengals, 17-10. That's their third one in a row, if I'm not mistaken. And then also we have the Rams getting it done against the Bears, 17 to 7 is the final score. Alright, y'all. I'm gonna take a quick break and when we come back, we'll be breaking down some baseball. I got some end of the end of the year awards to talk about. Like I said before, we'll be going over the AL MVP, also the NL MVP, of course. We'll be going over the rookie of the year in both leagues, as well as the manager of the league uh, in both manager of the year in both leagues and the Cy Young, which is the best pitcher award. So I'll be right back, y'all. I'll also be going over some NBA action as well. I am back. Let's talk some end of the year baseball awards. Of course, we're going to start off with the MVP. And in the American League, your winner is Mike Trout of the Angels in the outfield. Uh, This is his third MVP. Uh, This year, he got 17 of 30 first place votes. This year, he had a pretty good, um, pretty good stat line. He had a 291 average with a 438 on-base percentage, and he had a 645 slugging average with 45 home runs. I believe he had 10 steals as well. He also had an 8.3 wins above replacement, so no real real replacing him. Uh, You know, one of the better hitters, I would say, in all of baseball, uh, he's look. I think he should win at least two more within his playing career. Mike Trout is your AL MVP. Moving into the National League, we have outfielder Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers. He would beat out outfielder Christian Yelich of the Brewers and also third baseman Anthony Rendon of the Nationals this year. His <clears throat> this year he also had a monster stat line. He, have, he would have a 305 average with a 406 on base percentage and also a 629 slugging, uh, slugging average with 47 home runs and 15 stolen bases. Of course, we already talked about this. He won a golden glove this year as well, so he's a good defender and then, um. <clears throat> He had, a, he had a nine wins above replacement stat this year, so really good talent uh, on the MVP status, whether it's in the AL or the NL. Really good athletes. Uh, you could not go wrong. Even if you, even if Cody Bellinger really wasn't the winner this year, let's say, for instance, uh, Chris Yelich was able to win, or even Anthony Rendon, uh, all three of those guys uh, could make a solid case, uh, especially Ant- uh, Rendon with what he was able to do with the postseason. All three of those guys uh, could make a case MVP this year Uh, but let's move on to Cy Young aka the best pitcher award in the American League we got Justin Verlander of the Astros this is a second Cy Young award this year he had a 2.58 ERA and he also had a career high with 300 strikeouts this year he led the MLB in 223 innings and also in whip which is a walks and hits per nine innings and he only had 0.8 eight zero three so now he wasn't even, he was barely giving up a hit or a walk Every game, barely a hit or a walk. Uh, and he had a 21-6 and six record this year. Uh, the records in terms of pitching and in terms of Cy Young candidacies and all that, uh, the record is not as important as it used to be. But for me personally, I think it's a good a good sign. of, In my opinion, it's still a good sign of just how good a pitcher is and just really how good that team is as well. Uh, but he had a pretty good record last year, 21-6. and six. I believe that's one of the best records in baseball as well. But moving on to the National League, Your National League Cy Cy Young winner is Jacob DeGrom of the Mets. This is the second straight Cy Young award, and he is the 12th pitcher to win back-to-back. This year, he had an 11-8 record, uh, so... Again, the value on wins and losses is not as high as it used to be, but uh, he still had a pretty decent record. It was over 500, of course. Uh, This year, he would have a 2.43 ERA. He also leads the National League in strikeout to walk ratio. He would have 255 strikeouts and just 43 intentional Walk. So again, a really good strikeout pitcher, uh, and he's and he's part of that rotation now with the Mets. I think if they um, can get a, another solid hitter there, or maybe a, another solid, yeah, maybe an outfielder there. Uh, that that. Well, that team was very close to playing in the playoffs last year. They might just make the playoffs this year because they also have Marcus Stroman in that pitching rotation too. And I think uh, he could be a Cy Young candidate yet next year as well. Uh, he did end up, uh, as of Noah Syndergaard, though. Uh, he did end April with a four-point. Sorry, with a 4.85 ERA. It would go down, uh, but that would go down to 1.89 over his last 23 starts. So, he had a rough stretch in the beginning of the year, uh, but over the course of the rest of the year, he was dominant. He was, like I said, he was He was kind of sucky. I ain't gonna lie, it was kind of sucky in the early parts of the year. I remember that. Uh, the Oh, and the Mets in general were struggling. struggling. But around July, not only did he pick it up, but that team picked it up, and they were close to making it to the playoffs. So uh, a really, I, that was a really good choice uh, for Cy Young this year. Uh, going to Rookie of the Year uh, in the in the American League, we got outfielder/slash DH designated hitter, Jordan Alvarez from the Astros. He made his major league debut June the 9th. Uh, this year, he had a, a stat lineup of 313 average, a 412 on base percentage. He had a 655 sucking percentage, and a OPS, which combines the on base and a slugging percentage of 1.1. 1. 1 six seven uh he is the 11th player to win uh bau man vote uh yeah 31st place votes and i don't think it was as easy as that uh, at least this year uh moving on to the national league we have first baseman Pete alonso of the mets this was a pretty easy one to go with as well he had 29 of 31st place votes he's the first met since daryl strawberry in 1984 to win the award uh this year he had a stat line of a 260 average a 358 Base percentage. Uh, he also had a 583 uh, slugging percentage, slugging percentage with a with a .941 OPS. He'd also have a. Uh, he would also bat. we would also have 53 home runs, which what is a single-season rookie record. He also won the Home Run Derby as well. So uh, a really good hitter, and I, I, I think it's a really good young player, but a mess to have right now. I think the match with, with a Cy Young winner and also a Rookie of the, of the Year winner. Um, Do not be surprised if the Mets make a move next year and are really solid and maybe even win that division next year. It could happen. Um, Let's talk about the manager of the year real quick, Of course manager aka coach. You don't say that in baseball, though, but let's talk about it. In the American League, you got Rocco Baldelli of the Twins. Uh, the 101 wins the Twins got this year were the most ever since 1965. They were also first in the AL Central. This is their first AL Central title since, well, it was their first AL Central title since 2010. Uh, this was his first season as the Twin Manager. Uh, they also had a, a record record. Uh, a Major League Baseball record of 307 home runs in his first year, and they were also 23-12 and in one-run games, so they were able to win a lot of close games, and it came, well, it definitely worked out for them because it was able to, one of the main reasons they got to the playoffs this year for the first time in a very long, well, since 2010. Uh, But let's move move on. We're going to go to the National League. Uh, We're going to talk about Mike Shield of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. This is the second time in uh, Major League Baseball history that the manager of the year, that not received the most first place votes. Uh, I think he received like 13 out of 30 or something like that. But he received more second place votes uh, than the than the second place guy. I forgot his name. Uh, and uh, overall, he got overall more votes. So that's what uh, that's what led him to the win. Uh, and this was also the first time uh, that well, Schilt is also the first manager, uh, first winner of the award to not have played pro baseball. He actually played college baseball and immediately after that he went into coaching and scouting so on and so forth. The Cardinals will finish 91-71. and uh, Would also finish, uh, would also win the NL Central and of course uh, get past, I believe it will yes, beat the um, excuse me they would beat the I think it was the Braves in the first. Yeah, they beat the Braves in the first round of the playoffs. All right, y'all. Let's move uh, to some NBA action. Uh, we're gonna start off with the scores first. Uh, we're gonna start off in the Eastern Conference with the Sixers getting it done against the Cavaliers, one fourteen to ninety five. The Sixers are now eight and five on the year. The Cavaliers are four and eight. Uh, let's break down the stats for so the Sixers. They were led by four Tobias Harris, who had twenty seven points. He would have four assists and five rebounds. Senator Joel Embiid uh, will be the second leading scorer with fourteen. 14- points, four rebounds, excuse me, and two assists. For the Cavs, they were led by their two guards, uh, Collin Sexton, who had 17 points and four assists, and Jordan Clarkson, who would have uh, 13 points, three assists, and two rebounds coming off the bench. Up next, we have uh, some interconference Action going on between the Kings and the Celtics. The Kings get the win last night, 100 to 99. Uh, for the Celtics, they are now two 10 and two on the year. The, the Kings are five and seven. For the Celtics, they were led by Jalen Brown, who had 18 points and eight, eight rebounds. Uh, Kimber Walker would have 15 points and nine assists, and Jason Tatum and both uh, Jason Tatum and center Daniel Theas will both have 14 points amongst them. For the Kings, they were led by their guard Buddy Hield, who had 35 points. Six rebounds and two assists. Harrison Barnes, at small forward spot, had, had 13 points, three assists, and three rebounds. And uh, Namanja Belica and also Boban Bajic uh, would both have 12 points. Uh, Belica would have 14 rebounds and four assists to that uh, stat line, and Boban would add 10 assists to his stat line. Uh, let's move on. We got the Nuggets beating the Grizzlies 131 to 114. The Nuggets are now nine and three. The Grizzlies are now five and eight. For the Nuggets. They were led by Jamal Murray, who had 39 points, uh, 8 assists, and 4 rebounds. And Paul Millsap, who had 23 points and 3 rebounds. We also got, uh, for the Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson Jr. getting 22 points. The leading scorer for them last night, he also had 5 rebounds and 4. Brandon Clark was able to get 19 points points, excuse me, and five assists. Uh, Rounding out the rest of the league, you got the Wizards, uh, actually the Magic getting it done against the Wizards, 125 to 121. Uh, The Pelicans get another one against the Warriors, 108 to 102. It's even 108 to 100 is the final score there. And finally, the Lakers were able to get another win against the Hawks, 122 to 101. Let's move on to the standings here in the NBA. We're going to start off in the Eastern Conference. At the top spot, we have the Celtics here at 10 and 2. At 2, we have the Heat at 9 and 3. At... At the third spot, we have the Bucks here at nine and three as well. At four, we have the Raptors at eight and four. At fifth, we have the Sixers at eight and five. And round out the bottom three. At six, we have the Pacers at seven and six. The Horns are at seven at six and seven. And the Magic round out the bottom at six and seven as well. Out west, we have the Lakers on top. Who are eleven and two? Wow. Uh, we also have the Rockets here, who are ten and three. A little bit surprised about that one as well. Uh, number three, we have the Nuggets at nine and three. At four, we have the Jazz at eight and four. At five, we have the Suns at seven and four. And at six, we have the uh, Clippers at eight and five. And rounding out the bottom here in the West, we have at seven the Mavericks at seven and five, and the Timberwolves at seven and six. All right, y'all. I'm gonna take another quick break, and when we come back, we break. Uh, breaking down this uh, this new uh, Stephen King flick here, The Doctor Sleep. Uh, it's going to be, it was a pretty good. I'm going to break it down for you guys in a little bit. All right, now, I'll be right back. All right, y'all, I am back. I'm going to wrap this up with a review. Uh, recently, I saw Doctor Sleep with Ewan McGregor. So let's break it down. Um, this is, of course, a follow-up to The Shining. I have not seen that movie. I will be seeing that soon just to kind of get some more context on this film. Uh, but let's break it down. Uh, I'm going to break down a, a quick synopsis real quick. Uh, it follows the main character, Danny Torrance, of course, from the original uh, Shining. Uh, he's an adult now. And he's decided to move uh, to move away from the city and get away from all those triggers and all this. is. a... His demons, what have you, and he meets up with a friend. Well, he forms a friendship with, a, with uh, Billy Freeman, uh, played by Cliff Curtis, a guy similar, not in terms of having the shining, but of course, who's had a, who's had a very uh, particularly tough background, of course, including drugs and/or alcohol. So they become a, 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 a tight unit. Uh, Danny is looking to, like I said, get away from the shining aspect of his life, trying to i guess being normal uh but it does not end up working that way uh he comes in contact with this girl who ha- actually has a shining capability as well her name is average stone and she's played by kylie Curran. now uh, over the course of the story uh her powers are revealed uh at a higher level, uh, and she starts attracting a, a gang of people who have the same type of thing going on, the shining uh, thing going on, and uh, it's headed by Rose the Hat, who's played by Rebecca Ferguson, and Crow, who's played by Zahn McClarnon. Now they uh, they have uh, been um, traveling throughout the country and either kidnapping. Or abducting people to add into their little cult. Uh, they uh, they added through the course of the movie. They added one member. Her name was Snake by Andy. She was played by Emily Allen Lind. Uh, so either they add little people to their clique. Uh, or they uh, specifically they'll go after young children to kind of especially the ones that have some shiny capabilities and they'll try to keep to well they'll torture them torture them until they die and they'll use that energy that they get uh and they use it to sustain their life so uh it's a very kind of complicated process i thought that was a kind of complicated process uh but what I really liked is uh, how um, Abra protected herself throughout the entire movie. Of course, uh, she wanted to meet up with Danny and, and try to form some partnership there. Danny's like, uh, ah, I'm trying to get away from all that. You know, these people, they're trying to get you. They will really hurt you. I wouldn't, you know, show up anymore your powers. I wouldn't let them know you have none, Try to stay away. The girl, of course, she can't have it like that. Uh, and eventually, they make their way the gang uh headed by Rosie, cat makes their way to their small town and they eventually try to abduct Abra and what i definitely one of the, the things that i definitely liked about this movie was uh there was some really good uh cinemat- cinematography here i definitely liked how they went into everybody's brain kind of their mind and showed you kind of what triggered them what goes on there i liked the scene where uh rose the hat tries to infiltrate average house and and, and in turn her brain in her mind and tries to do some stuff there but she ends up getting hurt herself average lays a trap for her uh basically messes her hand up breaks her hand uh has her fucked up uh and of course uh it leads off to the climax uh where i'm not gonna give too much stuff away in terms of this in terms of the in terms of the plot but there's a lot of stuff that worked really well that I liked so if I give away some of it my bad uh but I definitely liked how they made Abra you know being a black girl young black girls they made her very powerful they made her very uh smart and intelligent and she really conducted herself and handled herself pretty well um uh she would end up getting um part of part of the climax was her getting kidnapped but i definitely like the friendship and the bond that she formed with danny uh he definitely comes back and helps her out of her situation uh they're able to to kill pretty much killed everybody in that game uh, and there's also a good one thing I did like was the playback that they went, they are, they went all the way back to the original uh, hotel uh, from the from the original movie uh, they gave you a little brief tour there and that's where we have the ultimate climax uh, a couple of things that I didn't like um, and, and this is and it's nothing wrong with the movie I just you know just how the plot played out a couple of the deaths that I didn't like I didn't like how Billy Friedman died I thought that was so weak because I was like he's one of the main he's like one of the main protagonists he you know was rooting for the protagonist. I did not like how he died. I thought it was really cheap. Uh, he was he was, of course, he had his mind controlled. And uh the, the snake by Andy made him shoot himself. I thought that was so that made me so mad. I thought, you know, like, they they could have of course I mean somebody got a guy, of course, it can't just be all, you know, rainbows and all that. But I just thought that one of those deaths, I thought that death was a little bit unnecessary. I uh, thought they had one. I was a little bit mad about that one. But again, I really liked how i don't know I, I like uh movies where they give uh prominent roles uh to to uh younger people or in this case it was a young african-american girl i liked her the prominence of her role i liked that she was pretty much the hero she made it out on top um i definitely liked that it, it was in my opinion empowering uh, to see that uh, she basically uh she basically you know came up with all the well she didn't come up with all the planning of course uh she got help from nanny but again just the fact that she wasn't scared just the fact that she was able to stand up for herself you don't see that a lot and i would definitely even uh, you know it's a scarier but it's a horror movie at some point i will let my daughter watch that just because i would like to, to have that reinforced in her seeing a positive you know female you know whether it's in a movie tv show just doing just not acting like the the typical damsel in distress that's not what Adam was i'm really into empowered female characters uh for what is worth Rose rose the hat wasn't that bad i mean she was the protagonist but she was a boss in her own way as well uh she went out she had to go out in her own wicked way you know just how the bosses do um she definitely brought uh in terms of the actress behind her role rebecca ferguson she definitely brought i'm just gonna be honest here she brought some sex appeal to the role which made it work i thought she was hot in the movie whatever she was doing i didn't like you know of course i'm not gonna lie i don't like violence against little kids so when they abducted the little kid in the beginning i was like oh that's kind of messed up i don't like that type of stuff i'm very anti little kid violence but hey that's the way it goes um but overall I really liked how the movie uh, worked um, the cinematography I thought the build-up was fine um, I kind of uh, you know I, I although I like the fact that they you know they had a drawback to the original they showed you the house and everything I kind of thought it was weird that they was it that they fit it all in like they actually had them go all the way back uh, to to Colorado, to the hotel, to the original hotel. And one thing that I didn't like was the fact that Danny passed. I don't like how he passed. I thought he could have saved himself. Uh, I thought he just kind of just sacrifice. It was just part of the story, just to sacrifice himself. I don't necessarily like that. I, I thought I thought Danny could have come out of there alive as well. But that's just a nitpick. Over. Other than that, I thought it was a good movie uh, from beginning to end. The the protagonist worked well against the the antagonist, meaning you know. Their dialogue, how they scripted that, uh, I thought uh, some key intense moments. Uh, definitely was a scene when they kidnapped the kidnapped Aber and they went to go get her back. I thought that was one of the better parts of the movie. That that scene where they just kind of they stink up on them, uh, uh, Billy and uh, Danny just kind of stink up on them in the cut uh, and just and just fire off on them. Like I thought that was a really cool scene. Um, And just uh some of the effects like you know um the the writings on the walls and just you know that type of stuff there were some good effects there uh i thought there were some really good things that worked uh it was long though it was really on the long side so if you're not into long movies probably not your thing uh but i I thought it was really detailed and i definitely like the the key the the keen to the the, well the keen instinct on being detailed uh i thought the draw again the uh when they did go back to the hotel they made it just as much as the original as possible of course they added some they added some you know updates to it uh of course but i thought it i thought it worked um i of course online they got it you know they gave it a a 7 out of 10 i think or 6 out of 10 depending on what uh rating system you're looking at I it about a seven as well. I, I thought there were some really good things that worked with it. The dialogue, for one, worked well. I liked the empowered w- uh, female characters. Um, and I thought it worked from beginning to end. I liked how everything kind of, uh, you know, played off itself. One scene went into the next. It didn't seem like it was, you know, jumping from story to story. It was kind of multiple backgrounds and multiple side stories, kind of, with what was going on with Rose and her gang and the little girl in her life. And also, Danny and his life but it seemed to all blend together. It didn't seem to just be awesome hodgepodge of everybody's experiences. I thought it worked very well. All right, y'all. I'm gonna call a wrap. Uh, call it a wrap for today. Uh, this week I have a lot going on. I have a, I have a lot that I'm gonna try to get out to you. I have part seven of my Golden State issue that I'm working on for you guys. I also have some more reviews. I'll be going to see uh, Harriet later on today. So hopefully this week I have a review for you guys for that. Or at least sometime in the near future. I'm going, I'm gunning for this week. Uh, of course, we have some updates on the uh, the impeachment inquiry. This is week two. They have some more interviews being conducted today, uh, some more testimonies uh, we have to go through for that. Of course, we have a sport, we have to update all the sports. Uh, this is a new week, so there's going to be a new uh, playoff rankings, uh, some new playoff rankings for college football, of course, some news for the NFL. So, a whole lot to go over this week. This is a new week, some new stuff to go over. And I'll be here to talk about it as much as I can. Uh, again, if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on my email at ljbutlersunny5 at gmail.com. That sunny e-l-j-butlersunny5 at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook, uh, Facebook page and an uh, Instagram as well, at Johnny. That is E-L-J-A-M-A-H. A D J A N I. Once again, that is E-L J A M A H A D J A N I. Also the Facebook page for to me I also have a facebook page for the show as well at never out of bounds once again that is at never out of bounds you can find me there i have links uh to the paypal and to the cash app if you are looking to make any donations i also have some content uh that is well uh, there as well that i will be working on through the course of the week as so we that's more stuff i gotta do so i'll be busy i'm going to put out as much information as i can for you guys i'll be working as hard as i can uh please support as much as you can i personally uh cannot thank you more it keeps me going on a personal level uh definitely keeps me motivated so thank you for all the support uh no matter if it's just a listen no matter if it's an interaction or whatever have you uh please keep doing it uh it will definitely definitely uh pays off for me it definitely keeps me going so i appreciate it and if anybody hasn't told you yet i love you uh peace out one love and i will holla at y'all